Hospitals must meet specific certification requirements for many of the programs they provide. Recently, two teams from OHSU worked closely with DNVGL Healthcare, a worldwide accreditation and certification organization, to help create certification requirements for two new programs. It's Tuesday, December 10th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Kelsey Hewalt. Kelsey, thank you for filling in for Lisa. Before we get to the news summary, I have some news of my own to share. I'm afraid I know where this is going. Yes, for the past several weeks, I've been sharing the news that I will be leaving OHSU. So this will be my last time hosting OHSU Week. You've had quite the tenure here at OHSU. How long has it been? Well, I first started in 2007, so it's been over a decade. and Definitely made a lot of friends and memories over the year, that's for sure. We will all definitely miss you. You created the podcast, so what's going to happen now that you're leaving? Well, I'm leaving it in capable hands. Uh, When Lisa gets back, she will be joined by Josh and Margaret on a rotating basis as co-hosts of OHS Week. And I'm sure we'll keep hearing from you, Kelsey, as well. Over the years, uh, the team has really stepped up and manages the day-to-day of the podcast, so I know it will be a smooth transition. Let's hope so. Um, Let's also briefly talk about some of the news highlights for the week. Yesterday, we launched our own take on the popular Carpool Karaoke franchise. I know you put a lot of work into making this happen, Kelsey. So congratulations. (laughs) Can you explain the contest? You bet. We're asking OHSUans to create their own OHSU Carpool Karaoke videos to show how much fun it is to carpool, whether you're using Scoop to Carpool or another service. The deadline to submit videos is December 22nd. Yeah, and I think in the um, video that you put up, maybe everyone was having a little too much fun. Possibly. (laughs) So what are the prizes? The grand prize is a VIP room session at Voicebox and $100 cash for each of the participants. Plus, there's two runner-up prizes. And of course, you can get complete details on how to enter and also learn how to cast your vote for your favorite videos on OHSU Now. We should also mention that OHSU released the results of the climate survey last week. The survey showed a need to expand prevention and training efforts, and an action plan is being developed. Members of the AAEO department are meeting with various campus groups, and all OHSU members are invited to attend two open forums in the next several months. More information about the survey and open forums can also be found on OHSU now. And now for our main interview, Margaret McDonald recently spoke with several leaders of the cardiovascular service line and adult critical care about why OHSU was chosen to help develop new certification standards for two hospital programs. I'm here with members of the leadership team of the cardiovascular service line and adult critical care. And I'm going to have you all introduce yourselves, please. I'm Judy Workman. I'm the Associate Chief Nursing Officer for Critical Care and Emergency Services. I'm Anthony Mulholland. I'm the Director of the Cardiovascular Service Lab. And I'm Faraz Zar. I'm the Medical Director of the Cardiac Catheterization Lab. And I'm David Zonis. I'm the Medical Director for the Adult Extracorporeal Life Support Program. And I'm Chris Bartlett. I'm the Nursing Director for Adult Critical Care. Judy, I'm going to start with you. What are certification requirements? CMS, which is the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, requires that hospitals be certified by one of two organizations. One is Joint Commission, one is DNV. Certification requirements are those standards that they have established that demonstrate that you have sound processes, excellent patient outcomes, and excellent employee engagement to ensure the best possible outcomes for your patients. 
And the reason we're all together here today is because DNV chose this team and some other members at OHSU to help develop the certification requirements for extracorporeal life support program and the chest pain program, right? That's correct. How did OHSU get involved in that? We made the decision to switch to DNV for our housewide certification approximately three years ago. And I think of note is that we were the first hospital in the country to be certified with them for heart failure. I think because of the experience that they had with us during those surveys, the excellence of our programs, they approached us and asked if we would be willing to consult with them as they created two subsequent certifications, specifically in chest pain and ECLS. And what was the process like working with DNV on creating these certifications? The process was that they created the standards. Um, they consulted with our physician leaders who are here today about those standards. And then once the document was complete, they submitted it to us. We divided them into three categories. What did the physicians and providers need to review? What did nursing need to review? And what did administration need to review? We took the time to do that. And then we had several meetings with them, some in person here in Portland, and also some via teleconference. And what do you feel were the special insights that OHSU brought to the table as part of this process? Well, obviously, it was an uh, honor uh, for us to be chosen by DNV to participate in that role. And uh, it was a very well-stated recognition for the excellence of uh, our services. We really had very deep conversation with DMV about what the standards should look like. And we reviewed our own standards throughout the process and we reflected on that with them. And, you know, very quickly it was obvious for both of us that uh, co collectively we can deliver uh, standards of care that are uh, applicable to a lot of uh, centers in the country to provide excellent care for the patients. And can you give a couple of examples of, of what these standards of care, what they look like? What are some of the things that you had discussions about? Uh, one specific example is the way in which they outlined how organizations could or should measure door-to-door -to, -door to balloon time. Door-to-door -to, -door to balloon is the time in which a patient arrives in an outside hospital or a referring hospital with chest pain and needs to have an intervention in the cardiac cath lab. Perhaps that hospital doesn't have a cardiac cath lab or it's occupied and they are unable to take care of that patient. So that patient then gets transferred to another hospital and that's door number two. So the first door is the referring hospital, door number two is the receiving hospital and the balloon time is the time in which the patient is on the cath cardiac cath lab table and the interventionalist has inserted a catheter into their heart and at the tip of that catheter is a balloon and that's the inflation of the balloon, that's the balloon time. So we really challenged them to think about the way that they were measuring that, um, uh, invited them to think about best practices and used um, our best practice as an example for them. For the um, extracorporeal light support program, in adults, it has really just come into its own in the last decade. Uh, it's been used for a long time in children. So many programs around the country are looking at how to best um, implement their programs and what types of quality metrics need to be examined. Our program is about four years old, a little over four years old, and being identified as a program that from the very beginning was um, multi-professional highly collaborative. And um, for that reason, 
the way we established our program, I think, was identified with, with some of the edits that were made to their standards. For example, how we proctor cases, how we evaluate the care of the patients um, across multiple disciplines was identified. And so um, this is what many programs across the country were looking for. And um, I think based on some of the experience that we had here and the way that we developed our program from its outset um, has now been integrated into um, what is now going to become a national standard. And Dr. Zonis, I'm actually going to ask you, what is extracorporeal life support? And I think we refer to ECMO at OHSU as well. Can you describe that? Yeah. So in short, it's the equivalent of um, heart and lung bypass that you would normally think about in the operating room for a patient who goes, undergoes open heart surgery. Um, but we do this uh, outside of the operating room in the intensive care unit. The patient is connected to a machine, right? That's right. To a device. And and what does the device do? So what the device does is extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. So that membrane is, is the equivalent of a lung. And so it allows the machine to remove carbon dioxide um, that you'd normally be exhaling, replace it with complete oxygen. And then it has a pump on it. So it's providing the patient 100% oxygen as well as all of the normal flow that a that your heart would natively be able to normally provide. I uh, I remember a story of a, of a patient who was uh, who was walking in the street and arrested. Uh, got a bystander uh, cardiopulmonary support from people around him and uh, was uh, transferred in in the ambulance. We get the phone call that there is a cardiac arrest coming our way, and we quickly uh, activate the cath lab, and the staff was ready, present, and we were ready as the patient roll into our cath lab, bypassing the emergency room, straight to the cath lab, got the intervention, recovered in the intensive care unit, and was discharged home. And so it's really a matter of having these standards that have been worked out ahead of time that allows OHSU to respond like that. Yeah, and allow you to take care of very broad patient population from chest pain to cardiac arrest to cardiogenic shock. No matter where they are in the state, they can have early access through that process that we develop with DNV and achieve good outcomes. Because there's overlap in the type of care, a patient who comes into the hospital with a myocardial infarction, with a heart attack, is somebody who might end up having heart failure as a result from that. And then because of a consequence of their advanced heart failure, they might end up needing to have a ventricular assist device implanted into them. And so there's a continuum of care that exists within the cardiovascular service line. Of course, I forgot to mention that these patients these patients might end up on extracorporeal membrane oxygenation or, or uh, ECMO as well. Who were the other people who were involved in this project? We have staff nurses who are also part-time coordinators for these programs. So for our ECMO program, Anna Hansen and Heather Mays. On the chest pain certification side, the individuals who were involved were James Kelly, who was our previous chest pain coordinator, Amy Adams, who is our current chest pain coordinator, Caitlin Capper, our quality specialist, and Dr. Zar and I. It's fantastic. Is there more that you'd like to add? 
Yeah, I'd like to add that both of these programs represent uh, the tertiary and quaternary care that we can deliver here at OHSU that really fulfills our mission, um, not only to our community, um, but as Dr. Zoni said, actually to the region. So the clinical expertise that is sitting at this table and is taking care of our patients right now while we are doing this podcast fulfills a very unique need that OHSU provides to Oregon and beyond. Well, thank you all for joining us today. OHSU Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced by Margaret McDonald and edited by Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Kelsey Ewalt. Have a good week.